0: From the Far East to the Great West. The podcast that celebrates the redheaded stepchild of the Kung Fu genre, Bruce Bloydation. Welcome to the Clones Cast. Here are your hosts, Michael and Matthew. Welcome to the Clones Cast. This episode, we're talking about the 1978 Shan Hua directed Dynamo, a.k.a. Bu Zai Shu Duan, starring Ho Chung Tao, a.k.a. Bruce Lai. This is a fictional biopic of Bruce Lai, I guess, um, according to the interwebs. And it makes kind of sense. Here's the synopsis. A Hong Kong taxi driver who has a striking resemblance to Bruce Lee catches the eye of one of his passengers who happens to be a movie producer lee is quickly thrust into the limelight and becomes a star but then instead of just being a star he somehow just throughout this has to fight everybody and then eventually fight in a big finale uh mma style tournament and yeah it was pretty awesome so michael when did you first see dynamo and
1: what do you think dynamo was you know as when i was a kid it was Uh, I didn't see it in the theaters, but I did get, um, it was, I don't know if it was Showtime, it was some cable network that had it, Um, so it got played a number of times in one year, and I remember, I'd already been watching these films for a little while, but there was something about it because of how it dealt or how it was dealing with the idea of Bruce Lee that was different than everything else I had seen. And we, and I, it's something I want to talk with you about as we go through this, but it's it, it. I remember it resonating with me for that reason. It was a little more solemn. It was a little more um, almost um, not dismissive of Bruce Lee because he's still so you know prevalent throughout in all his different ways. But there was a certain amount of distance in a way that I'll, I'll explain that that was clear to me even as a kid when I was watching this. Um, and it was also a film that was clearly focused on trying to build melodrama which sometimes these films don't bother to do too much and that can be good or it can be bad but i do know you know that this film does seem to fall on whether i don't you know in like you and i when we we do these shows i never know exactly how you feel about any of these movies before we start talking so um it'll be interesting to hear but like i know this is a favorite of a lot of people and um so anyways yeah so that that's sort of my intro.
0: Well, and I know what you mean. So it starts out, and it seems way bigger budget than anything else i would seen up to that point. You know, they've got good music. They've got, they're obviously, you know, in a big city. Uh, There's lots of neon lights. Um, The intro is pretty great. But just exactly to what you're saying, one of the first scenes is um, an actress getting into a car. and She's like, oh, my God, what's going on over there? Everybody seems to be freaking out and they're like oh didn't you hear world famous martial arts action star bruce lee's died and then they turn on the radio and they go through that whole thing of you know, it's the classic recording bruce is dead, but, you know, yeah well, yeah so exactly exactly and then um groovy music uh, <laughs> which i really like too it was like if you i don't think any other one we've watched to this point has this level well deadly fingers had some pretty groovy stolen music but there's something about the music in this one i feel like well i feel like I, I i'm sorry i'm trying not to skip too much but then also in um fighting back from the grave or yeah there was more stolen music this seemed to have like some kind of um its own soundtrack which is pretty groovy
1: yeah, I mean it does have a lot of funky tunes. You know, when the when the the romance scene comes up, it's nobody does it better by uh, oh, you know, from my god. <laughs> spy, love me.
0: <laughs> they had the budget, right? Like in this, they're going all over. Well, and
1: they've got naked yeah. girls. They've got groovy music. Our pants
0: heads are falling off.
1: I'm just like, <laughs> it was awesome. Well, you know, and and. On what you first addressed, that, that car ride, I think that's a really interesting and telling part of this because up until this point, you know, because this film came out in like 78, so here we are about five years removed from Bruce Lee's passing. And prior to this and even after this, you know, you you get this funeral footage used quite a bit. So it had a, a, a certain, you know, um, certain placement in these films. You know, it was almost the ubiquitous moment in the movie and any of these Bruce Lee related films you were bound to see. Um, The only question would always be how much of the footage or something new, but it was always this funeral footage. But what I found so interesting about this is that in in other films like Kung Fu Fever or Exit the Dragon or the Tiger or even Tower of Death, you know, you have the, the Bruce Lee footage and it's sort of dwelled on and it's, and it's utilized in the story as part of the montage, like in Tower of Death or whatever. In this film, they're literally driving by it and it's sort of like what's that? Oh, that's you know, like you said, that's you know, Bruce Lee's superstar and they kind of pass it by and she's almost barely aware of who it is. And then he makes that comment with your member where he says, Yes, and there's all these people that are now trying to cash in on his death. <laughs> and so clearly right in the very beginning of the film, we know we're getting this sort of self reflexive Bruce Bloitation. I don't wanna we can't go as far as it's called it anti Bruce Bloitation, but you know, it's that is something new to this, I think but that it
0: kinda is.
1: Right, well in some ways you're hundred percent right because of you know what we'll get to with with what the way the story goes but um, but uh, that that's what it is about this film that stood out to me and I think for and, and even Bruce Lee, you know had mentioned that this is one of his you know one of his favorite films that he had been a part of
0: yeah this one is definitely saying like whose Bruce, Bruceitation is bad like that's the that's the subplot. But also, I love what you brought up, that this idea, uh, we're no longer even make, making it a thing. It's now a drive-by. Like, we're far enough away now. At this point, it's just, like, referencing things. Like, oh, you know, like, Bruce could kick like that. But, yeah, let's not talk about that. Let's go with some other stuff. And, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, it had terrific choreography around the martial arts. I mean, freaking amazing.
1: Oh, it did. No, it had great, that, I think, the fight scenes in this. And again, it's one of those films, you know, there's sort of categories of these Bruce Bruceploitation films. And it's true of the Kung Fu films in general. But this is one of those ones that, that fits into that category of the training fighter. You know, you have the guy right. who's working on the, you know, sometimes you just like to go in and see your fighter trained and ready to go. And he just fights people as a kid for me these were my favorite films because it always had you got as a because i was a a budding martial artist i loved to watch the training i wanted to see what he was doing to get where he was at you know and see and maybe relate have a little relating because you know well you know if he's training he's gonna he's gonna be kind of a screw-up in the beginning (laughs) you know what i mean so you're like i'm gonna see some flaws and then it's gonna be somewhere to go and um this is one of those films that i think you know dealt with that a lot which is i thought great
0: well I'd normally um, just jump to you and say what's your favorite scene, but I don't want you to steal it because this movie was filled with something that just kept happening over and over and over again. And it was the old smoking teacher (laughs) that kept just poning Bruce Light. It was so great. And, And the way that they kept going, it was almost like a comedy routine. Like this, it was like, you know, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder kind of stuff. Like, it was dumb. Like there was no reason at certain times for Bruce to be attacking the teacher, and he would just start kicking at him, and he kept getting his ass kicked. Out and that dude, the teacher, he always had a cigarette hanging out of his mouth and smoke puffing up beyond him. It was my favorite thing on almost any movie I've ever watched. I just loved it so much. <laughs> this constant training sequence between Miyagi and Danya's <laughs> son, but it was it was Bruce Lee. And grungy old dude from Bruce
1: Lee's greatest. Koo, revenge. Ku Fang, yeah, Ku Fang. Ku Feng.
0: <laughs> and Ku Fang he, he made me just love him. I mean, he's he's now my Miyaki. I want him. I want that smoking bastard to kick me in the face and teach me how to become a man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they well, that was another thing about this movie that's so great is their relationship, you know, oh, yeah. and and that's kind of what I was I was saying is that this the the um the director of this, this film, his guy named, well, I, Hua Shan, I, I don't know how he's pronounced, Hua Shan, or I'm not exactly sure, you know, I, I butcher these names all the time, but he, um, he directed another film that Bruce Lai did, the, the uh, you know, the Soul Brothers of Kung Fu, the one I was talking to you that I saw at the New Beverly Theater. Hey. Like, yeah. like that film, um, th- again, he, he does seem to have a focus on some of these films on trying to build relationships. You know, he's, I mean, and if if he's got any say in the script whatsoever, which I would assume he would, if you look at some of the work he's done, he's not afraid to build stuff up. And I think he does a lot of dramas. I mean, he wasn't just a Kung Fu director guy. Even He's actually a cinematographer uh, before he was directing. Right. And then he moved to... Um, and he, as a cinematographer, he did a, a number of films for the uh, Shaw Brothers, and he did a couple other martial arts films before he, he switched over to directing. He did the movie uh, Super Inframan, you know, that one with... Uh, yeah. It's sort of like uh, the Ultraman, the Chinese version of Ultraman. Um, anyway, so yeah, their—I think their relationship to me is one of the, the the best parts of this film too. I agree with you hundred um, percent. And All right. um,
0: so, since I stole that from you, what is what is now your favorite scene?
1: Well, now I, if I'm going to have to take, I, I would, and it's it's I should say it's the one that. I got to tell you something, and I know you're going to be really jealous. This I own okay. this film on sixteen millimeter, so I have a scope mm-hmm. version of this film on sixteen millimeter. So I get to project it on the wall when I'm watching it to uh, That's to prepare. Fantastic. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's 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 a great print. It's it's nice. So, um, but it's so I, colorful. It's so yeah beautiful and
0: colorful
1: and alive. I, I'm definitely jealous. Well, maybe I'll make a maybe I'll do a two can two uh, K uh, scan of the print one of these days. We'll have a right. we'll have it. But it um, I was going to say that it, uh, it leads up to I think that it's funny because again this director who did um, the Last Strike who did Soul Brothers of Kung Fu it has a very similar scenario which is the Bruce Lai character in both of these films goes and fights in these tournaments in these boxing rings.
0: And it's right. probably
1: the same exact set. I'm sure it's probably one of these things where they even maybe borrowed footage from the other film. And he's fighting <laughs> in that sort of inverse tracksuit from Game of Death, right?
0: Oh my god!
1: The white you, with, like the, multiple with the red track suits. Yep. That's
0: I'm mean, gonna get there with my Bruceisms, but
1: okay, good. Well, just just that. But those I love those uh, those <laughs> those smoky Ringfield sound stage rooms where you're you're that oh, keeps yeah. cutting to the crowd which is you know like millions in the uh, they they gets the stock footage from and then it cuts to them in the <laughs> ring and there's nobody around clearly <laughs> because they've just got a darkened the room
0: <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, you're right. That's funny. And uh, yeah, so uh, I I love that. Uh, I mean, there's no good reason to have anybody in this film wearing the yellow tracksuit, even when it first pops up. But we're doing it. And, oh, my God, I love that particular martial arts sequence with the dude, when he's doing, like, his claw maneuver, and he keeps ripping parts of the suit away. Oh, right. Yeah, that was awesome. And then, uh, of course, uh, we get to the black and white jumpsuit that matches – or was it black and white in the mock in the boxing sequence um or boxing ring sequence because the other dude who is that guy um there's a guy that's in this called bobby cannavaro so he seems to be western and he was in the black dragon revenges the death of bruce lee
1: well he was also in um the dragon lives again the one we did with uh, bruce lang where he goes to hell yeah the the man with no name
0: then he's back in this again
1: yes he's getting around that guy all right yeah well, he, okay well he was so actually I, he, he actually was uh, and uh, he was one of the action directors on um cleopatra jones in the casino of gold which was uh <laughs> warner brothers crossover with uh seven in 75 with uh the end of the dragon crowd
0: i love that name. uh how is it a crossover
1: well, I just mean in the sense that they were pulling Cleopatra Jones out of the the ghetto in Los Angeles, or I think it was, in sticking her into Hong Kong, where she got to mingle with a bunch of uh, famous stuntmen or famous to be stuntmen in the in the business. It's a good film; you got to see it. I, I worked with the um, I worked with the cinematographer on Alan Hume. He did uh, Acapulco Heat* when I was doing it in 1993, uh, So I get to oh. talk to him a lot about this movie. But
0: that's awesome. Yeah, you know, it amazes me that you don't have more Western crossover. Considering how these would pop up and how many hungry actors there were at the time,
1: you'd think there'd be more. There are a few, uh, but they, you know, the problem was, and I think the Westerners, you know, it was like they, for a while, they got away with it because at that point, everybody on the West was sort of didn't understand the 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 east or you know and it was very stereotyped etc but they were still poorly made you know even the end of the dragon in a sense wasn't all that well made it was fairly relied on sort of a little bit of uh you know just that sort of cheapness of the interpretation of the east for the west but just because it had bruce and there was some magic floating around the set that movie it's just it's just so dynamic but there were a number of films like Cleopatra and the the casino of gold that, that came out, especially even particularly by Robert Klaus who directed under the dragon. That just, (laughs) you know, just didn't quite, I mean, remember the man with the golden gun, the James Bond movie Mm -hmm. was right out there on that time. They, they went over there and started pulling up some karate stuff and anyway, so, but yeah, this, um, uh, back to dynamo, you, um, you were talking about, uh, I guess you were just talking about some of the ring fights, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, it's interesting yeah he has to fight for his ability to continue to be a superhero and that was kind of like this whole sub thing of like we've made you bruce lie or whatever his name was in this and you know he's yeah exactly and he's feeling a little bit bad about it and they're continuing to point out that uh you know he he would be nothing without but uh, so we let me just jump then to that great scene. We're stuck in traffic. It's a weird scene in this movie because the, a bus is broken down. They take special attention to detail to show us, like, the dude taking off the front of the bus and cars honking. And this goes on for, like, I don't know, like five full minutes. <laughs> cars honking. The bus is stuck. All right. So focus in. We got Bruce Lye sitting in a car and a hot French chick, I think. Was she French? I don't know if she
1: was French or not, but she was... It
0: made me think of Emmanuel from, uh, you know, um, Back from the Dead.
1: Emmanuel, yeah, sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Probably was. uh, anyway. (laughs) That was a hit that (laughs) day. She's back. She's back, baby. Uh, She's like, ah, where are you going? He's like, ah, just to my hotel. She's like, what? You give me a ride to the hotel? And for some reason, they're in bumper-to-bumper traffic, but she just jumps out of the car. I thought maybe she was in a cab and she was going to pay somebody. But that doesn't seem to happen. She just kind of jumps in his car. And then we get to this whole scene, which is classic uh, Asian stuff. Like, woman is going to shower before having sex with man. So she has this long shower scene. Total nudity. You do your thing. The entire time, Bruce Light is just working out like a crazy person. And then, of course, we have our final sex scene. Well, the sex scene was insane. You said it. They had the music. They... It was not straightforward. Like, by the time we get into the 80s, we got, like, if you look at any kind of, like, Chuck Norris sex scene, they're under the covers together, there's no nudity, Chuck gives his ugly smooch on some woman's face, and the lights go down. Now, this was like, I'm like, oh my god, this is almost pornography, just without any explicit stuff.
1: No, they definitely did. I mean, they worked. What he it was very. It's kind of that interesting thing, like you said, where she's in the shower doing her deal. It keeps cutting back to forth with him doing push ups and stretching, yeah. and you know, it was sort of like the ultimate masculinity versus femininity about to collide. You know, <laughs> it really it was pretty funny. You know,
0: yeah, and I'd have to say the whole thing in my it just in my assessment of the, this thing is it's Betty Ting, Bruce Lee. Is he a stoic warrior that would never touch another woman, plus he's married to Linda, or is he some sexual beast? And in this one, we're far enough past it that we're not fucking around anymore. Uh, Which one was it where our fake Bruce resisted the woman who was actually going to, like, try to, like, stab him in his back? Uh, It was at uh, Horan's place.
1: Oh, in Tower of Death, you're talking about. Yeah, in Tower of Death.
0: Okay, that's last episode. Gosh. Sorry, it's it's my sex scenes. Um, it wasn't really a sex yeah, scene. Yeah. It had a sexy girl. And, you know, he was tempted. But it's always, it was always about temptation. And in this case, our Bruce was like, well, Bruce is dead. I'm alive. And it's time for a wild sex scene.
1: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because there are different films uh, with Bruce Lai playing Bruce Lee that were uh, kind of interesting, you know, where they would... Um, you see that that relationship portrayed differently in different films you know there is the ones where he's being presented like bruce lee the man the myth which we did where he was definitely more wholesome you know um and and kind of i mean he was wholesome but at the same time he was also uh, very unromantic with his wife linda where then you have other version uh, other stories i think um uh, the dragon lives the dragon lives i guess where he um or dragon dies heart like you know so i i even keep have a hard time keeping track where his relationship is with Betty Ting Pei gets so is shown to be something it's not it's like he's involved in it you know he's very um caught up in it but she's also presented as sort of the the devil (laughs) you know in a way so he he abandons his wife goes goes off with Betty Ting Pei and and you know as a result kind of dies because of it here you know again like we said this is sort of uh, an interesting film because it's not really about Bruce Lee as much it's more about a guy imitating Bruce Lee you know
0: right yeah, this one isn't a Bruce movie, except it had Bruce. And I guess that's the big distinction. Let me get to my Bruceisms. Um the jumpsuits. Right. Two different two different colors. Yeah, two different colours. we did the standard Game of Death, yellow black. But then for no other reason than we just needed to, we did black and white in a you know, a ring fight. Um His hair and sunglasses. There's a part where it's like, we need to make him look like Bruce. And when he pops up, he's got the big sunglasses, which, by the way, uh, Shannon and crew are selling on like Bruce dot com. (laughs) You can go buy his like they have special names for the sunglasses. Oh, is that right? The ones he wore. Yeah, there's like the ones he wore in this movie and the ones he wore in this movie. And so there's like the beach ones and there's like the car sunglasses. They had them like remade so you can look exactly like bruce but anyway they these were in there and they weren't actually either of those style but you when you saw it you knew it was the bruce that we know from the pictures wearing the sunglasses with the beautiful hair hollywood bruce i guess i should call him
1: hollywood bruce that's good yeah <laughs> uh, the end
0: the ending definitely had well not the end ending the ending before the ending had it definitely a 70s rocky thing right
1: in At the end of this, you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You know, it was tournament fighting, but I also felt like a uh, big guy versus small Chinese guy. I don't know. Um, the real ending we get to, it's really just the relationship that we were talking about all along coming to its head, that it's teacher and Bruce again.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think that, again, is what I... I i like about this movie so much you know i mean it's got a ton of great fight scenes there's some great martial artists in this and you know we talked about steve sanders before with from enter the dragon makes his appearance and you know you've got these uh you know really fairly well choreographed fight scenes even you know they may be episodic in nature you know and that we're like those movies where you just you walk around and a fight starts but they're well done and i but i think in the end the whole idea of this sort of self-respect that comes through in 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 this film uh with him you know being uh, uh, you know wanting to return to his being the cab driver you know uh it's great i mean it just really kind of gives it sort of wraps and you've got you remember you got that entrance to this the woman we haven't really talked much about in this who's the sort of running the um the ad agency or whatever and how she calls herself what does she call herself the laxative Remember, it's like the mental <laughs> constipation that's going on here, and I'm the laxative. Right. <laughs> I mean, um,
0: that's and, the best.
1: Yeah, and and it's sort of like the two sort of. I, it seemed like the two people that ran the show in this were it was either a woman or it was um, a, a white guy, you know. And I think there was a little bit of this sort of, wow, well, let's let's see who are going to be our bad guys in this one, <laughs> you know. Um, but um, yeah, you're right. Though again, that this sort of rocky thing in the smoky fight at the end it's if you when you see soul brothers of kung fu which is the same director and you know bruce Lee of course you're gonna you're gonna see a similarity there with that same theme going on here it's the same idea of him being used as a, a replacement for bruce lee and how he's okay. fighting against it so this this was being you know this was being something that was being played with with bruce Lee and and um and you know in this director
0: in summary i'd say what i loved about this is just that it really did have some of the best like, like martial arts sequences of most of the of Bruce uh movies I've seen. I mean, I, it's unfair because so many of them are good. You'd expect a lot of them to get a little lazy with that, but I feel like what these people were doing—that was the core. They're like, all right, well, we need to make this—it's martial arts, and then we're throwing in a little plot after. And, by the way, this one's going to be about Bruce Lee. Something along those lines. But I'm constantly impressed. Um, I think my favorite still being um, uh, things like uh, Dragon the Hero, which we did. Uh, I think that was our episode two or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's one... It's actually filled with some of the best martial arts. And it didn't need to be a Bruce Lee movie, a Bruce Bruceploitation movie. It could have been anything, but it kind of fell. I feel like... This is some other kind of beast, I guess. Uh, This is something where it's great martial arts and it's got good, you know, production quality and it's got fun music and it's got a bunch of people in there that you want to watch kick each other's asses. But at the end of the day, did it need to be? Like, maybe that's the whole point. Like, driving by in the beginning and Bruce being dead and. This guy needs to look like Bruce. They were just trying to find plot elements to make it into Bruce Lee resembling. Movie.
1: Well, yeah, I th- but I think that's the thing about the movie. It's, it's. I think, it, of course, you know. I mean, I'm, I don't want to give the producers too much credit. I mean, they're clearly still trying <laughs> to to ride this this train. But there is just no doubting that this movie was about this that um, exploitative, you know, genre. I mean, the, the, he's dressed in that tracksuit very consciously to say, not so we're going to sit <laughs> here and point. go, wow, this is maybe Bruce Lee. They're making a comment on how this guy is stuck in this, we're putting him in this tracksuit to look like Bruce Lee. Yeah,
0: maybe this is the, maybe this is the laziest of the Bruceploitations. They're like, okay, it's been years. We're going to kind of sidestep him being dead. We're going to throw our guy in a tracksuit and we're just going to do stuff.
1: Well, I think it's also it's. I mean, look, it's in even though the when you get to the, when we get to the Chinese stuntman, you're going to see a, a, a lot of analogous <laughs> scenarios in that that we're seeing here. But nice. the I think the idea would be: listen, we can't keep getting away with um, this just sticking Bruce Lee on the poster with the tracksuit and thinking it's going to be Game of Death, but. What we can do is do a movie that's saying it's calling attention to the fact that we're talking about this this genre and still loaded up with brucisms, you know. But I I think that you get away with that, you know, and you get away with it here because um, it's not being done. It's being it's in your face. You know, it's salient. It's right there. So I think I think that's the reason why. And again, like I said, I've seen this film a number of times. They're clearly trying to tell a story about corruption and clearly, you know, in their own sort of archaic way, maybe. But they're, right. they're, they're telling a story about taking Bruce Lee and taking a guy that doesn't want to be Bruce Lee and just for the sake of money, manipulating all of it. Yeah. You know. You said it. The anti-Bruce
0: rotation. There film. you go.
1: Bruceisms. Multiple jumpsuits. We did uh,
0: our white and our white and black and yellow and black. Uh, the hair and sunglasses. And then, uh, dude, this one it was missing the ninjaku.
1: That's true. It did have some other traditional Chinese weapons. But I think that may be, maybe again, playing into what we were talking about. You know, he's he's starting off, if you, in the, remember in the movie, he's in this Chinese martial arts school. It's, it's very, you know, he's doing some Wing Chun on a dummy. He gets these butterfly knives and he right. does a little routine with them, which is... And again, this maybe just by chance, but it's that's the, the Wing Chun done, maybe Bruce Lee, but the butterfly knives are very, you know, traditional Chinese, you know, so and then he's pulled out of that mm-hmm. and thrust into this, this, um, you know, other career of his. I love it. All right. Um, any knives? You go, I don't buy that. <laughs> well,
0: first off, I don't know anything about the butterfly knives. Um, I would say it wasn't even this particular movie that i first saw them but it was recent like i just never ran into those you know i'm kind of a noob when it comes to uh like real kung fu cinema but at first i love it i think they're cool i mean i'm i was wondering i'm like what the hell are those and all the way up to the end of the film that that was another one of the final training sequences you know
1: anyway well, remember, there's a, a little bit of another Bruceism in this, which, uh, in a sense, is that when he's hooked up onto the electrodes, remember that? That was kind of rough. oh my god! That was well known as a a, a Bruce Lee sort of a, a training sort of advancement, and <laughs> that wasn't yeah the man the myth yeah that's right that's right the man the myth yeah. oh of
0: I forgot that but yeah so people believed that Bruce Lee would hook himself up to electrodes every night to make his muscles taut how's the editing of the documentary coming
1: docs coming great it's um uh we've got i think we finally got all our interviews we were kind of holding out for a couple wish list uh people which we may at the in the end still tackle and get um but uh and we're are amassing some uh Great. Where we, it's been one of the things about this documentary, and we've talked a little bit about it, is that it's, it's in the search for finding good film prints of these movies, because we're going to be releasing a number of them on, on Blu-ray. And it just made me realize how, how they've all sort of fallen and faded in, into the woodwork. And the one sort of unsung hero, which at one point was the sort of most wanted on the FBI list, is the film collector, you know, because back in the 70s, it was, like, illegal to collect films. I mean, people like Roddy McDowell, I think, were, were like, held by the FBI for having film collections. Uh-huh. But the, the truth of the matter is there's a, a, a large number of these people that, that are what is making, uh, being able to still have some of these Kung Fu films, thankfully, that people hung on to and took care of, uh, that we're going to be able to um, release them. But uh, the studios themselves, like when we were in Taiwan and we were looking at the actual prints, <laughs> forget about it. Yeah. Godspeed, sir. Yes. All right. Well,
0: for our listeners, what's up next?
1: Um, what's up next for us in the in the podcast world? Yeah. Hmm. It's a good question. How about you pick one? I've been picking them for a little while. Maybe you've got a. Right. Is there one reached out at you that you saw? I told you this, I think,
0: before, but I. Have never seen and have always wanted to see Enter the Fat Dragon.
1: Oh, we got to do it. We have to. If you're not going to do it on one of your other podcasts, we need to do it. No, you're right. I may have asked
0: you to pause on that because I had somebody on Cinema Bushida that was like, You have to do this and I want to do it with you. And then they disappeared into the mist. So let's do it. All right. Next one up Enter the Fat Dragon. Love it, baby. I love Sammo so much and I can't believe I haven't seen. What is probably one of his most famous films? Oh, we're
1: gonna we're gonna have fun with that one.
0: Oh yeah, I'm more of a Eastern contours. well that's you know.
1: yeah, that's the greatest uh, uh. of all time.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, as you know, we are available. You can leave us a message at 424-257-0344. or like uh, Marco did, you can leave us a message on one of our episodes. Or you can always email me at matthew at screenmayhem.com. Um, I'm going to read this comment out uh, from Marco and Michael. You can just give me your thoughts on it. Okay. Yeah, he posted this out on Screen Mayhem. He said, hi, my name is Marco and I'm from Germany. I watched and collected Bruce Bruceploitation movies for over 15 years. I like your podcast very much. It would be great if you can talk about some movies of the less known Bruce clones. Like Stephen Lee... Steel-fisted Dragon Cobra, Tong Lung, the Growling Tiger, the Ferocious Brothers, Ramon Zamora. They call him Chop Suey and the Game of Death. Ray Malonzo, A.K.A. Bruce L.Y. Is that Bruce Lee? Nah. Eh.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. The, the the two of them, Ray Malonzo and uh, Ram, um, Z- Ramon Zamora. They were the the uh, sort of the Filipino Bruce Lees. Okay. You know, yeah.
0: Yeah, so he wants to know if we're gonna do those in our future podcasts.
1: I, absolutely, I think we should. Um, I think, uh, as with with the book, you know, it's I, I think Bruce Plotation goes out and beyond, like he was saying, the the more common known titles, and I I think it'd be fun to sort of see the range. That, it, that we have, like Zamora and those guys when they, when they were doing their versions. It's it's, it's its own unique sort of sub-genre of the subgenre of of plotation And then, of course, some of these other actors that were one-offs in um, some of these films doing their own one or two Bruce Lee-like films. But, yeah, it'd be great. I think it'd be fun to talk about them.
0: Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I've never heard of any of them except probably Tongue Lung because we have on the schedule to do growling tiger um stephen lee that's a pretty good name steel-fisted dragon and cobra cobra i mean isn't that uh isn't that Stallone? alone yeah,
1: another <laughs> cobra yeah well no yeah definitely i think getting you into like zamora's you know and um, those uh films like Get fish fish of fury <laughs> and game of death with an explanation point those are they're they're great they're very different i think exactly. than what you're used to seeing but the, it'll they'll be a lot of fun
0: all right marco we're gonna do it
1: all right marco good idea good suggestion
0: yeah thanks for checking in otherwise yeah until next time uh i will send everyone out to the theme music
1: to of dynamo. the great dynamo